Welcome everybody to Press Play with Sammy P and Kyla T. Today's topic makes me a little bit nervous, which is always a good sign. <laughs> because today's topic is what if something that makes you nervous or that you've been avoiding is the way. So Sammy P. Totally, totally right. <laughs> so I'll share mine. I, there's a bit, look, over the years, I have tried to put myself in situations of things that make me nervous to overcome it because I'm a big believer in that nervousness and excitement are very, very close friends. And for many of us that are looking for more passion and more even purpose, but enjoyment in our lives and even fun, often the nervousness or the avoidance of something that makes us feel uncomfortable stops us from stepping into that excitement energy. So a few years ago, when I was kind of like wanting to find some things to step outside my comfort zone, I went to cabaret and everyone that knows me knows that I can't dance, choreographed or sing. I then went and did a musical theatre course at NIDA and every time I went to book in, they said to me, we're just letting you know you're going to be in the room with professionals. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But I found like so much nervousness and there's a little bit of excitement that then comes with that as well. So I was sitting with uh, my 2020 intentions and thought, what makes me most nervous and have I been avoiding for a really long time? dating <laughs> and it's so insane right because anyone that knows me knows I'm great at talking to humans I'm pretty confident in myself and know myself a lot but the thought of dating other humans just like makes me like I'm, I feel nervous talking about it so <laughs> I thought it was a good way to put myself outside my own comfort zone but encourage other people to right because People would listen to me, clients would see me and be like, oh, well, it's easy for Kyla. But I think there's always areas in all of our lives, no matter how much work we've done on ourselves, there's always growth opportunities and areas that make us feel nervous, vulnerable. Um, I don't know, my whole body starts shaking when I get nervous. <laughs> what do you get nervous about, Sammy P? What are your thoughts on today's topic? Oh, it's a good one. I think it's it's quite pertinent. I um, just did a post for my my crew on social media and um, it was all about all the, the five things that kind of hold us back. Okay. When we what first sort of step in. Um, well, they're all sort of combinations of different things, but there's comparison, imposter syndrome, um, loneliness, unworthiness. There was one more. There was one more in there somewhere. Mm. And they all kind of overlap a little bit, so it's a yep. little bit hard to tease them out. But all the things that when you step out, and I was thinking when you step out onto this new journey that's meant to be like so beautiful and lovely uh, and just easy and it's just all meant to flow and then all your, all your shit comes along with you or comes up <laughs> at the next level. <laughs> And it, and it's and it did a similar sort of thing I was thinking about essay. It brings up it's not easier, it's just that it's just a new thing that comes along and if it's big enough for you, you'll step through it. But it's yeah, big enough purpose for you, you'll step through it. But it, yeah. it does bring up it's not all simple, light and fluffy and you know, just happens. There's all that that comes from that. There's the challenge mm -hmm. to step into yeah. the new you. So yeah. yeah, it's quite funny. And it's funny how you can be so confident 
and comfortable in other areas because I remember it, when I was living in New York uh, it, so it would have been about four or five years ago friends that were a part of their group and basically they gave us challenges to step outside our comfort zone and so it went for I think it went for a couple months or something but each week they gave us challenges that we had to go out into the streets of New York and step outside our comfort zone and uh, midway through the program they said to me Kyla we give up like honestly like you just you will just do anything and you jump into it and you don't even get nervous and I also remember when I went on some bungee jumps in New Zealand they were the same because they try and scare you before the bungee but obviously I step outside my work comfort zone I'm very comfortable with that every day bungee jumping I've done like probably over 300 bungee jumps so it's not a new thing to me but inside me in New York and I think I told my best friend Adam I was like just don't tell them if they gave me dating challenges, <laughs> it would totally. <laughs> and, but I knew in myself at that time that I was being cheeky and I was being naughty and I wasn't really like fully immersing myself in it because there's going to be areas of our life. But then I think there's a part to surrendering where you might be avoiding it or feeling nervous, but then welcoming the energy of, well, how did I become comfortable at everything else? And I think that's a new thing. When we step out into that new journey, that whether it's a coaching journey or an entrepreneur's journey or something, something new, it's it's good that it's outside your comfort zone. It's gonna it's gonna take a bit of learning. My, <laughs> one of my clients at the moment, I like I like making this person squirm because I know them quite well. <laughs> it's good because there's there's not many things that rattle this person. But we're, we're in a in a shift, and it's and it's challenging, and it feels really hard, and it's there's pushback then there's the mental chatter of is this a waste of my time should I do it this way and that that whole sort of all that stuff the procrastination the perfectionism yep. that was the other one I talked about on the post was perfectionism all that yep. stuff comes up and you go around in circles mm. and you just got to sit down like we talked about like you're being reading rereading the war of art I was, yep. we talked about um turning pro both great books by Stephen Pressfield yeah and I was like it's going to be hard the first time the first time's going to suck you're going to go round in circles. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to get pissed off at me. It's all really good because you're on the edge of your comfort zone. Mm. And there's nothing There's nothing that you've done previously. There's some stuff that may relate, mm. but nothing that you've done previously is going to help you for this because yep. it's new, because yep. it's on the edge of your comfort zone. And you mm. can't reference. And if you are referencing the past mm. and using old emotions or old things, it's something old that you're reinventing. Mm. It's not something new. Yeah. So you, to step into the new and to create something new, it's going to bring up all your insecurities. It's mm. going to bring up a heap of frustration, a, bit, a fair bit of anger. <laughs> but the opportunity is to step step through that. And once you step through the other side, yeah, so much easier. It sucks the first time, but then you know the example at the moment is is some sort of blog or something that my client's working on for the first time. Yeah. So this is going to suck. This is going to take like all week for you, but then next week it'll take like maybe a couple of hours and then the week yeah. after that it'll take like 15 minutes it's yeah. not, it's sort of it's just that first one that you've got to push through <laughs> and then it's it's fine after that <laughs> and we get better yeah. at it like what's and we've said this i've said this you've said this on the podcast a few times is if we're going to do something that we love you're yeah. talking about different well potentially mm. similar things but with my yeah. clients you're talking about something that you would love to do that you're passionate about yeah that you can that it lights you up mm. um if you invest more time and energy and and commitment into that and be yep. consistent with that how yep. amazing are you going to be at that rather than doing 
work for other people and all those sorts of things that Mm. feel like work that pay the bills and all those sorts of things a different vibration of it imagine if we invest all our energy into something that we love how good could that be over time once we get to practice it Mm. and it's moving through that learning ladder so if anyone doesn't understand it it relates to all areas of our life which is that unconscious incompetence i just can't believe you're a bad data (laughs) i'm so I was a bad data. I just don't do it. I just, just avoid don't do it. it. Don't do it. <laughs> I took no. that as bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, excuse me. People might be listening to this. I'm not a bad data. <laughs> oh, be, that's what I mean. I, I would have just assumed that it would be like well, see, a fun date. Not so that I know about well, dating these days. but Well, see, that's the thing, right? And so it's funny. As you were just talking about those examples, I think the perfectionist in me, which is a big part of my Virgo archetype that I've worked with over the years, but I think in this area is telling myself I should be great at this and I should enjoy every stage of this where it's like all of these like questions come up and I don't even know what it is because I remember a couple years ago, a friend and I went and did speed dating. Uh, I probably shouldn't pull a face. If anybody wants to try it, go do it. But for me, maybe not the best solution. And so we arrived into the room and I looked around and I was like, I'm going to need a tequila shot for this. (laughs) Which for people that know me know, I didn't drink for seven years and I go out dancing sober. So, But it was just like this whole thing. But then I did. I had this conversation in my head, which was, Kyla, you get to know people and talk to people all day in your job. Uh, and I really sat with, okay, well, what was coming up for me big time? And I think it was this idea of like maybe rejecting people or having to like be faced with someone that I actually didn't want to continue dating with and all of these stories, as well as like, it's a brand new world. As you say, you don't know about the dating world. Toby and I were together 14 years and we've been separated about six now, which means that how many, that's 20 years of the dating world changing. <laughs> and I don't even think I ever dated before. Like I, when I was younger, we would just, you would meet people like through people, but it was just kind of that, that thing. And I've thought a lot about this over the years when it comes to dating of like, do we get more trauma and hurt along the way? So it gets more complicated because when you're younger, you don't overthink any of it, right? Maybe our prefrontal lobe isn't fully developed enough to consider, is this the right human for me or anything like that? But I think you overthink it more the older that you get because you have these ideals or these ideas of somebody or the relationship. Whereas when you're younger, you go out, you meet someone, and then all of a sudden you're in a codependent dating relationship. (laughs) 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 When I was much, much younger, I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to unpack anything? Did you need to talk about anything? No, no. All that stuff's been sorted. Um, but like even Toby and I, when we met, we were working together in a bar in London and you get to know someone in that way. And I think obviously for many of us that are single at these moments in time, isolation and not being able to go out and just talk to the person sitting next to you at a bar, it's made it a lot more complicated. Yeah, well, I think I think there's apps and these sorts of things oh, these God. days. And- <laughs> that I need to unpack and process (laughs) Um, but I think that there is there's this like part it feels like the only way I can describe it for myself which I imagine for anyone listening if there's something brand new to you 
it feels like an alien world that I haven't been taught the language to. And obviously all it is is uh, humans connected. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's a brand new world. And uh, having not been in it potentially ever, and I do think things have changed and expectations have changed. And I'm pretty old school when it comes to loyalty, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to romance and things like that, which maybe doesn't have as common a place in this current world. <laughs> uh, but talking about it from like the framework of anything anyone's feeling nervous about or avoiding, going back to what you were sharing before about writing that blog, is there is that learning ladder that we have to go through to rewire um, neural pathways, which is that unconscious incompetence. So we don't know what we don't know. Like we don't know what we don't know about writing a blog, posting a blog, um, a client recently didn't know how to put up a Facebook event, like all these new things. I don't know about the protocols of the current dating environment. Uh, and then you go into conscious incompetence. And that's one of the most uncomfortable places because here you start to know what you don't know. And I think there the nervousness and the sabotage and the avoidance can often come in because you start to say, well, who am I to write a blog post? Like, well, everybody's doing this out there. The market is inundated. Like who's going to read mine? Whatever stories that you come up. Um, my story, as you were sharing about the perfectionist was, I should just know how to do this. I should be amazing at this, but I've never done it before, right? So then you, there's a dance between the conscious incompetence and conscious competence where you start to get more comfortable with something. But there's resistance there. It's that comfort zone. We're moving outside of it. There's expansion. There's contraction. And then eventually you end up in unconscious competence where you end up uh, amazing at just writing blogs, as you said, like it takes you 15 minutes. And who knows, I might be going on regular dates. <laughs> Depends on where your goal is. Maybe you don't want regular dates. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Maybe that's where I need to start. <laughs> I can see. I can see you sitting down and like, right. I don't know what we're doing. How does this work these days? <laughs> Please explain. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That's awesome. And I think one of the things, as you were just saying, that is, what if in all of it. Even if it's a blog post, anything nervous, we just give ourselves permission to be ourselves mm. and to express in our way um, without this idea of like needing to write the perfect blog or needing to be, I don't know, I don't even know what. That's true. That, yeah, yeah that's, that's so true, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's like with, with my client, it's like, well, if we get to the end of the year and you've written 52 blog posts, mm. one, they're probably going to be way better. Yeah. And then two, you can probably categorize them. Three, you've probably got a book. Totally. But if you're not gonna, you're not gonna get started. If you're not getting started on it, if you're just gonna sit around and try and make it perfect or procrastinate, or should I do this or should I do that? Mm. It's not gonna make any difference. You're just gonna get better. I remember um reading I'm just getting oh, better at hanging the, out with myself. <laughs> yeah. What's the um is it one of the it's not the is it the click funnels dude? What's his name? Mm. Forget his name. Russell. Yeah, that guy. Russell, yeah. Bronson? Brent yep. Bronson. Bronson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And he said that he started doing his podcast and it wasn't until about like 30 to 50 episodes in that it started to actually get any good. <laughs> yeah. But he was already doing it. You know? yep. And so it got better, it got better and it built over time. You know? 
30, 50, you know, if we can give ourselves 30 or 50 weeks to get good at something, how good is it going to get? Well, think about, isn't it weird that we also think that there's some skills that we just should be good at straight out of the block, like writing a blog as an example, where it's like, okay, but writing's a skill. It's something that you learn. You haven't maybe practiced getting your voice out and sharing it out there into the world. And it's like, there are, there's certain things in our world that we just think we should be good at, but often it's something that we need to also learn and grow into because we wouldn't just go and say, I'm going to become a professional cricketer and just turn up and then be like, well, why can't I, I don't know, hit a, it's not a home run, is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. Wow. Oh no. What is it? It's lucky we haven't wickets? Hung out. Is it wickets? Is, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's lucky we haven't hung out over summer yet. We'd have got a whole education. Oh, maybe that's why it's been delayed. (laughs) (laughs) What's it called? But but to that point, right, isn't it? Like when you're young, people say, okay, you want to play cricket? Well, we need to practice. You need to learn the skills. You need to be committed to it and do consistency around it. It's not just expected that just all of a sudden you get good at it. Yeah, well, and Demartini talks about that it takes 25 years to become an overnight success. Oh, wow. 25 years? Well, that, which may be a bit different these days, but... That's how long I've got a date for. No, honestly. <laughs> do you want to be good at dating or do you want to go, like, what's the, you know... Oh, yeah, okay, good point. ...the purpose of that? Did yeah, yeah, to... okay, yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, <laughs> do I want to be good at dating? No, because I think I could probably already be good at dating, um, the actual, like act of going on a date um Mm. (laughs) unless i ask too many deep questions too quickly which could be a potential (laughs) so what's the meaning of life (laughs) or maybe you just need someone who's who's happy with all that yeah true Mm -hmm. yeah should we do like we should feel like we're gonna unpack this (laughs) very quick and what's it just, your purpose? It, what's your purpose for going on a date? Oh, what's your expectations? I know. So we have parental guidance on this episode. <laughs> oh. oh, now I'm nervous and blushing. <sighs> I wasn't meaning that. <laughs> I was, I was pure intention on that. I, I was a bit sad on that one. No, I, if I, I have set intention. I actually did a relationship vision board this year for the first time mm. and uh, that's where it kind of came from because, yeah, I think most – I find in the world I'm a lot slower at things than a lot of humans in some ways, not when it comes to work and things like that, but even with Toby and I, there was no ever rush um to get married or anything like that whereas I think a lot of other people things happen a lot more quickly and so most people I like see out there even clients and they might have been single like six months and I'm ready for a relationship I'm like six years and I'm like yeah I think I'm I think I'm ready now (laughs) but I feel like there needs to be more celebration of the in-between time for those in the world that are I call it like independent in a way to because it's kind of like we still glamorize I don't think that's the word but I will get to it when I say it but it's like I find that I still my ego still wants to 
show value in the world by going, oh, I was in a 14-year relationship. Somebody did choose me at some point. (laughs) And I feel like there's still so much we need that validation, but there isn't enough celebration when you are not in a relationship of that time. And it's like the constant question that I've had along the way is, well, I don't understand why you're single. And it's like, okay, like how do you want me to answer that? (laughs) Um, And I think that there isn't enough time given to like it being imagine me being just as proud to say uh yeah I've been uh on my own for six years and feeling as proud and I was of value saying that but our world doesn't evolve around that does it no well I'm just thinking of the other stat then so what's the um I was thinking okay well what's the divorce rate then uh, isn't it like 50% or something? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. But, and yeah, then. So like, and then kind of leads to the, the next discussion is like, well, what do we really, why are we doing it? Is it a yes. social conditioning safety thing that we do? Or yep. are we doing it because we're finding the right people? Is it a mismatch yep. of both and a few other things? Like, yeah. who knows? Mm. I think there's definitely beauty in a divine union and getting to know yourself outside and inside relationships along the way because yeah I think we have different stages and phases of life and I must say when I I thought I knew myself until I was on my own and then I have learned so much about myself in this period in time but also through different deepened relationships even with guy friends because I was able to step into that because I was talking to um, a friend and my massage therapist yesterday about this new intention to uh, invite relationship into my life. And I, she, I was saying to her, cause I'm used to having a lot of guys around me. Like I have a lot of guy friends, but since I've moved here, uh, I've really only met women. And I said, and when you live in a small town, as a single woman, it's probably not as acceptable to just go up and meet men and say, hey, you want to be my friend? Because <laughs> I'll probably get run out of town. <laughs> Whereas like a lot of my guy friends when I've lived in other places, their partners, like even you included, their partners know me. But when you turn up into a new place, um, that's not always the case. <laughs> Uh, And so I think there is, I was getting to the point of, I think there's value in us having masculine and feminine energy around us also outside of our intimate loving relationship, because we are learning and growing and learning about different aspects of ourselves and growing from that place as well. Interesting, like this whole world of dating and relationships. You know? It's like, well, it's such a big thing, but I don't really like, Such a big thing. I don't really think about it. Sometimes I feel Obviously. like my soul threw me into it so I could have greater levels of compassion for how weird it is. Like it is very, like it's a strange, strange world. Uh, so Sammy P, let's take the limelight off me just for a moment so I can breathe. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to help you out but I was going to ask, is there there anything that you're nervous about or that you feel like you've been avoiding or something you were nervous about that you're stepping into now? Well, I suppose lots of things. Well, I think the most recent one was like the whole transition from 
chiropractor to nomad essentially yeah (laughs) and how would we survive and driving a caravan and (laughs) all those sorts of things yeah the driving caravan was quite a big one actually yeah and and probably because it took a while for us to find the car to tow the caravan so I actually hadn't had any practice and whatever and you know we've gone from the Sunshine Coast to Cairns down to Wagga so yep kind of got a little bit of got you know what 10,000 kilometers under my belt now <laughs> or thereabouts yeah maybe not quite that much um you know that that was always daunting and lots of fear and lots of mm. nervousness and and then old patterns like similar to was almost like similar to going out to bat in cricket or going to um going into exams or those sorts yep. of things all those same well very similar or my body was conditioned to bring up similar emotions and feelings and yeah yeah, it was scary but you know everyone's got to you've got to tow your first caravan somewhere yeah how does it show up for you because I definitely when I'm nervous like my whole body shakes like you can't I can't get like it's a real physical response and then I've got to breathe into that energy and then figure out what's under it how does it show up for you oh you can talk to Catherine about that. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of go pretty internal. I okay. just get a, a very singular focus. Yeah. And, and go like the lights are on, but no one's home and I'm kind of focused on yep. that and don't yep. bring me anything else. Otherwise I may explode. Okay. So it's like you're juggling so many things that it's like I just have to focus on this one thing because otherwise I might topple over. Would that be the yeah. way to explain? Yeah, and, and then you need that, you know, as you've mentioned, you need that conscious focus to if you're doing something new, you need less interruptions. You're not unconscious of it Yeah. at this stage. You're not yeah. fully competent and unconscious of it. So you, I find that I need that. And maybe a bit to my detriment in the lead up to things as well. Like I've got to get that. I'm kind of stressed before I get there. Yeah. Yeah. And you play it out and all sorts of things. But then uh, in a way, isn't it how we channel that, I guess, that focused energy or feeling that energy of when we're in that nervousness of fight flight and then, oh, someone's hooning down the street, and in that focus of it uh, going into, well, okay, fight flight in its, like, usefulness gives us hypervigilance. It gives us mm-hmm. hyperfocus. It actually allows us to be in that place. So, yeah, I think it's it's somehow figuring out a dance between that. I know there's nothing useful that comes from when I'm in that nervousness because it's like I've ripped out of my body, which is why I've got to literally ground the energy because I can very easily disassociate from my body. And then I will end up tripping over or hurting myself, like literally physically. Uh, and so it's that grounding and that breathing of just moving the energy through. And then I think it does get channeled into a bit of excitement. So if yours goes into focus, um, then what happens? Well, you're super focused in getting it. And then like if you're in it, you're, you're focused on getting it done. Yeah, yeah, it's not a it's not a flow state to start with, but Mm. uh, once you get going, you do have that hypervigilance, as you mentioned, and you know maybe a little bit more cautious with things. But then I think that's I I don't think it's a bad thing. It was the same, like I said, it was similar feelings to practically the thousands of exams and stuff that we had to do, thousands, hundreds. Yeah, yeah, hundreds of exams we had to do, or yeah, or going out, you know, the hundreds, the probably thousands of games of cricket that I played. You know, it kind of gets you in a state, and then 
you sort of roll with it, I suppose. I, I more a, wasn't necessarily a bad way to be. I'm sure yeah. you could do it better and I'd like to do it differently, but mm. it still seems to work out. Mm. And I think breathing is yeah, really, that's is a really, well, there's nothing worse, but I think the worst part is before it starts is the waiting. Mm. Once you're actually doing, yeah. yep. uh, you, you adapt and you you with it anyway. So yep. it could be like a total waste of energy, all that nervousness and stuff beforehand. Cause once mm. you're doing it, mm. it, it may be good for that initial focus, but once you're doing it, I, I suppose you find the flow when you realize what's well, not as, um, as bad mm. as what you thought it could be. Yep. Cause do you think in that waiting in that, and the word that was coming like anticipatory energy, that's where we can overthink because we're not actually feeling that nervousness and acknowledging, oh, actually it's okay to be nervous. And so then we go into that hypervigilant thinking and mm. then it's like obsessive in a way even. I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about like when I used to go, when I did the first few bungees and there was, there was a like nervousness. I didn't know the jump master that well at that point in time. I'd never jumped out of a cage. I didn't know what to experience, but I just focused on the horizon. And he actually said to me the first jump, he said, Kyla, are you ever going to talk to me in the cage? And I was like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I was like, you cannot talk to me. I'm so focused right now yeah. on the horizon and just pushing myself out of this cage. But then by like, after doing a few, I did a few in a row. Then it was, then it was like I was chatting and I don't, but it was like I had to like in a way be so focused with my mind to not listen to any of the other thoughts, mm. if that makes sense. Because it's yeah. like those those extra thoughts, I think, that make it worse. Yeah, well, it takes away that focus too, doesn't it? Particularly mm. at that, that stage of learning, that conscious incompetence. Kerwin Way, Ray um, talks Way Way uh, the way Kerwin Ray uh, talked. <laughs> let's not tag him in this. Um, <laughs> says uh, a statement which I've always really liked, which is in those moments saying, "This is simple. This is easy. This is fun." Mm. And I really, I do really resonate with repeating things like that with this idea of okay, actually, what if I made this fun? Like, what if I could actually give myself enjoy enjoyment in this part of it just as much as when I'm really, really good at something? And actually, like, I just don't feel like there's enough encouragement still in our world to do something and fail at it, to be like, for me, to be really, like, messy, not bad, really <laughs> messy in the world of dating and then just to be lovingly forgiving of myself and all the process of it and what that looks like and not expecting it to, because when you come out of very deep relationships with myself, like with guys, with friends, sometimes I expect people that as soon as they meet me to know all my quirks <laughs> and to expect like to understand that like and so I or for straight away it to be that intimate deep relationship because I go very quick and deep with clients right so you have all these built-up expectations of what something should be like and anything that you're trying for the first time I think if we can give ourselves permission for it to be a curious learning experience then it can be a little bit more fun in every area of our lives. Mm. But it's, it's interesting where that, where we put that, where does that pressure come from? Because mm. we automatically assume mm. if it's anything new that we've got to be really good at it. We don't really give out. Yeah. We kind of feel guilt and shame around the fact that we're not mm. good at it. 
It's so weird, isn't it? Because you go to, if we think about like our institutions, we go to school to learn how to be good at anything, something. But yeah, do you think it's something to do? I've felt into the energy of like embarrassment and humiliation, which I guess then becomes that rejection part, and which is the trigger point in our brain of death. But there's got to be some association to it with that because the humiliation and the embarrassment I think connects to that shame and that guilt of like, oh, but what if I trip over and everybody laughs at me? Or what if I say the wrong thing and people judge me or criticise me? It's that part of that rejection fear, isn't it? Mm. And it, which is, you know, it's so fascinating if we go down this rabbit hole. But um, more often than not, when you're new at something, people are actually overcompensatingly mm. nice and helpful yeah. about it. Because what if we just put our hands up in the air and we're like, I'm just learning. Like, I actually don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best at anything. But it's definitely an internal pressure that goes on, isn't it? Like, as you've just shared, no one around us expects that of us. But it's that internal expectation of the discomfort of that comfort zone, moving out of it. And it's um, with the new soul coaches that are doing the online training program, I have uh, had them and it's really good because they all keep saying it on any soul journey practice that they're doing, they can only focus on what went well. And so what I'm wanting them to do, which I think is probably a part of this process for everybody is that what happens when we're in that learning is that, yeah, you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to figure out how to do it better. But I think in that real initial stage of writing your first blog or doing your first workshop, if you can continue for the first little period in time to focus on what went well, we then create some positive reinforcement around what it is that you want. Because if we're constantly focusing on what we need to do better and what we need to do to improve it, often we can create a little bit of negative association to what it is that we desire the most. And yes, there's going to be a time for growth and for development. But I think as we're learning the skill going through that conscious incompetence, we need celebration in that part of like, well, what went well? What did I do well? What am I proud of? So that we actually then feel inspired to write the next blog post or to, um, yeah, whatever it is that you're creating in your life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good one. We can easily forget the good parts of it, yeah. particularly even and even more so as we grow into that um, skill as well. Because I'm thinking, because I can hear cute little jackos, <laughs> I'm thinking about like what if parents did that, hey? Like where are we encouraged in our world when you become a new parent to say, what did I do well today as a parent? <laughs> <laughs> What do we do well today as parents? <laughs> Survived. Survived. <laughs> but think about didn't, that, right? Didn't drink isn't it? coffee after two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> didn't drink two bottles of wine. <laughs> obviously, they're going away from goals, and I would encourage you to be thinking about ones that are. But yeah, obviously, that, that's a perfect example, right? Where everyone gets thrown into this brand new career and role of being a parent. And then there's just this expectation, Sammy P, you should just know what it means to be a wonderful, amazing, supportive, encouraging father and how to deal with Jacko when he's hungry, when he's crying, when he's in a tantrum. Like that's just intuitively inside of you. 
Yeah, totally. Well, and isn't it isn't it funny that it's there's the focus on being good at a skill or being great at a skill or something like that, rather than mm. the actual the growth that mm. the skill gives you. Yeah, you know, and it, it never stops, does it? There's always going to no. be a challenge. And one of the things when I'm coaching parents of teenagers that we talk about is I actually want you to let kids know when you fail at being a parent and you feel it. So like, I'm really sorry that it went this way or I said that it's not who I want to be, but like I'm learning, like, especially right now for teenagers, parents of teenagers, like the world has phenomenally changed and there is really no guidebook. There might be some out there and experts might say that they know what they're telling you. And yes, love and kindness and listening and presence and all of those things are important. But based on how fast our society has changed into this technological age, there really is no clear guidebook on how to get a teenager through lockdown restrictions, studying from home while you're working from home, like all of these things that have just been thrown on top of people but again inside I imagine majority of people's conversation is well everyone else seems to be doing it I should just be able to do it too mm. yeah mm. yeah absolutely mm. Mm. I'm not giving you much today am I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just your presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just my presence. <laughs> the podcast. I'm into talking. <laughs> okay, but that's a really interesting thing, right? Because yeah. uh, clients this week, we've had a lot of journeys that have come up with this space of like, yeah, I don't know, and how important listening is right now, and actually just surrendering to the process. And sometimes we won't know what to say. We won't know what to do and we just can listen. And I think that's a great skill for all of us to have. Oh, you're so good at bringing it back to that. That was great. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Shall anything else we want to talk about before we do a card? No, I think go to the card sounds good to me. Oh, thank goodness. I've had enough conversations about dating for today. We look forward to the updates next week. <laughs> it's not very useful that I'm cringing already, is it? <laughs> Ooh, vision quest. For anyone that is listening, there is a vision quest of a rock with a beautiful sun at the back. So when we do the soul coaching, at the end of all of it, we are taken on a vision quest. Card meaning, sacred seeker. Take time away from people and situations. Step back, withdraw. Inner truth is emerging in stillness, but first you need to retreat. Know that you're guided. Look for answers in different ways. The answers are around you. Watch for signs in the coming day. Trust that your life is being directed. In earth-based cultures, larger questions about life are often answered on vision quests or solo retreats in nature. Questions such as, who am I? What am I meant to do with my life? And what is my mission and my purpose in life? Were often answered on quests of various kinds. Even if you don't have burning questions, when this card chooses you, it's telling you to take time away from your ordinary life. Take time to explore the depths of your soul. Your soul knows the truth. Take time in quietude to discover what is. 
The answers to your questions are all around you, but you must be still to hear these messages. The journey is spend time alone, preferably in nature, without your cell phone and the internet, or even without pencil and paper or a book. Simply be. Listen to the world around you. Be still. Watch for signs. Open your heart to receive messages from the divine. The first couple of times when we did, when I did the soul coaching myself, when I studied it originally, there's a do nothing day. And then at the end, there's a vision quest. And on the do nothing day, which is going into that place of stillness, like I just come out of investment banking and we we're about two months into our trip and I'd studied energy medicine modalities and things before but this was like kind of eight days of deep processing and when Denise shared with us um, the do nothing day I couldn't even understand what she was talking about and I said to her uh, what do you mean she's like just be still Kyla and I was like can I write she said no like do nothing and I was like can I listen to music? She said, no. And I was like, can I be meditating? She was like, no, like do nothing, be still. And it was such a foreign concept to me that I literally had no idea what she was talking about. Like I went on and on rattling off, can I do this? Can I do that? She finally agreed I could do it in nature and sit at the ocean and watch the waves, I think, because I was probably being really annoying with all my questions. <laughs> but there is this invitation, I think, if we take it back to where we were talking about, of when you're going through something new or even inviting something new in, to take the time to go on a mini vision quest inwards, to get really clear on your intention, to feel into the part of you that's nervous and ask it, what does it need from you at this moment in time? And then to be really honest around, like, do I just need to practice more? Do I, like, what do we need to then do to take you from where you are to where you want to get to? Any mention or thoughts on the vision quest, Sammy P? I just thought it was quite apt with our conversation today and to see where it takes you. Who would have thought? I was, to, I was trying to contemplate, yeah, who would have thought I was trying to contemplate a day of nothing. Can't really not put that into practice when we come to your place. Yeah. You, can, you can have Jacko for the day. <laughs> totally. Well, it's like I love having those spontaneous surrendered days where I literally just wake up and see where the day takes me. And I think that then having those moments of like doing nothing, it's like you feel all this energy arrive. Like often the first thing for me was always guilt, like there should be doing something else. But then I have realized over the years that like all the most wondrous, greatest messages of our soul come from those places of stillness and doing nothing as well, because our soul's whispers, our heart's whispers, very rarely will fight over the noise of the world around us, of TV, of technology. Uh, and so it's like going into that place of just welcoming the wisdom from within. So to summarize today, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to create goals and intentions that are way beyond your comfort zone or even just a millimeter, but they feel really scary. And especially the areas you may have been avoiding for quite some time, 
but every step of the way, if you can be kind, if you can be loving, if you can seek recommendations and have conversations with people along the way rather than hiding away and thinking that we just should know how to do all these things and actually giving ourselves permission to ask for help and support along the way, I think is one of the greatest catalysts for learning, discovery and change. Mm. Allow yourself to be a beginner. Mm. And if it, if it doesn't feel good, you probably but you know it's what you should be doing within your heart. It's probably got to happen. So you've been listening to part one of Kyla's dating story um, on the hashtag press play podcast with Kyla T and Sammy P. You can find things, all things Kyla at kylatustin.com. Um, I'm not sure of any other dating profiles or anything as yet, but we'll feel free to plug those. Uh, you can find me, Sammy P, at sammyp.com.au on all platforms or most platforms or the popular ones anyway. Um, there's been a bit of a kerfuffle with the podcast, but we are updating them more regularly as we speak. Um, so, so apologies for our podcast app people that haven't seen this for a while. We have been doing lots of stuff, but it just hasn't come up on those platforms yet. So until next week, we look forward to chatting with you. Thanks, Kyla. Great topic. Thank you. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs>